Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Mary, Queen of Peace Parish, as we celebrate the Feast of Christmas. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and those who are returning home to our parish community. Assisting us today as our lectors are Henry Hagerly, Joanne Paradise, Irene Hearn, and Randy Kelly. Our altar server is Marty Benedict. Our interpreter is Scott Dougherty. I am Christine Jordanoff, your cantor. Our organist is Bill Brinzer. And our celebrant is Father Michael. Please remain seated throughout the entire Mass so that the interpreter may be seen. Please join with each other in singing our opening hymn, O Come All Ye Faithful, number 439 in the hymnal. 439. We'll sing verses 1, 3, and then in Latin.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And Merry Christmas, everyone. As we're gathering today, many of us gathering in person, we get the privilege of being with one another. Many gathering, joining us via the live stream or uh, the, joining us virtually. Um, all of us gathering together in our homes and here in this church home. As we're gathering, once again, we're uh, celebrating the incarnation, uh, the dignity of all human life. And of course, one of the ways that we're asking uh, all gathered here in person uh, is to, to wear a mask as we're gathering, trying to keep one another safe and respecting uh, human life among us. It certainly is not foolproof, <laughs> and yet it's one of those ways that we do our best to try to care for one another. So uh, thank you for that. As we begin, we begin also by uh, blessing our nativity scene. God of every nation and people, when our need for a savior was great, you sent your son to be born among us. Lord, bless all who look upon this manger. May it remind us of the humble birth of Jesus, who brings joy and peace, justice, mercy and love, and who is Emmanuel, God with us, Savior of all, and he lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat>
Gathering our prayers together, let us pray. God, who wonderfully created the dignity of human nature and still more wonderfully restored it, grant, we pray, that we will share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity and who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit. God forever and ever. Let us be attentive to God's word. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings glad tidings, announcing peace, bearing good news, announcing salvation and saying to Zion, your God is king. Hark, your sentinels rise a cry. Today they shout for joy, for they see directly before their eyes the Lord restoring Zion. Break out together in song, O ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord comforts his people. He redeems Jerusalem. Lord has bared his holy arm in the sight of all nations, and all the ends of the earth will behold the salvation of our God. The word of the Lord.
from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, in times past, God spoke in partial and various ways to our ancestors through the prophets. In these last days, he has spoken to us through the Son, whom he made heir of all things and through whom he created the universe who is in the refugence of his glory and the very imprint of his being, and who sustains all things by his mighty word. When he had accomplished purification from sins, he took his seat at the right hand of the majesty on high as far superior to the angels as the name he has inherited in more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, this day I have begotten you? Or again, I will be a father to him and he shall be a son to me. And again, when he leads the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. The word of the Lord.
The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took his wife into his home. He had no relations with her until she bore a son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Son gets up on Sunday morning and says to his mother, I'm not going to church this morning. Mother says to her son, son, you know I love you. I've tried to raise you right. Give me two reasons why you're not going to church this morning. He said, first of all, the homilies are long and boring. Second of all, there's a little sense of community, and the community that's there that knows me, I don't think they really like me anyways. Mother again says to her son, son, you know I love you. You know I've tried to bring you upright. Let me give you two reasons why you're going to church this morning. First of all, you're 53 years old. <laughs> Second of all, you're the pastor. <laughs> Certainly, love doesn't necessarily fix all things. Um, it certainly doesn't uh, uh, end the, the struggles of our lives, but yet at the same time, too, when we know that we're loved, it oftentimes gives us the strength, the courage that we need to, to face our day, right? 
to, to uh, get out of bed in the morning and, and face the difficult things that we all have to face. And Lord God knows that in every one of our lives during this last year, this last couple of years, right, there's been reasons that all of us have wanted to crawl back under the covers and pull up, you know, the blanket and, and, and just, you know, because Lord have mercy, what's going to happen in this day, you know? Um, and so certainly we've all had those experiences. And love, I believe, is the thing that really helps us. Now, it is really important when we enter into the Christmas celebrations, and especially the Christmas masses, again, to be reminded of the nativity stories that happen in two of the Gospels, Matthew and Luke. And why is it so important that we're reminded and we hear and read and, and hear proclaimed those nativity stories? Because we have developed over centuries now a lot of folklore around the celebration of Christmas. And uh, oftentimes those aren't necessarily connected directly to the gospel nativity stories and passages, narratives. We've developed a lot of folklore in music, in, uh, in poetry, in art. Um, for goodness sakes, I, a couple weeks ago I was watching a, a cartoon about the donkey that helped Mary and Joseph find the, the, the stable. It was actually a beautiful cartoon. But, but you know, we, we've developed all of that. And, and I want to say, too, what we've probably done is we've romanticized the, the nativity, the celebration of Christmas in all kinds of ways. And we've done that, of course, not just uh, in a sense of religion, which we've done, but we've also romanticized it within the context of our, our celebrations, our secular world, and, 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 and commercialism, and so many things, right? The, the, the challenge of, of trying to buy the perfect gift for the one that we love, and if we don't do that, you know, that somehow we'll be less than. And we, we've set ourselves up in all of that romanticized Christmas, almost set ourselves up. <laughs> we've set ourselves up for uh, expectations that are unfulfilled because we've, we've, made it, we've made it like a Courier and Ives picture, right? That's what we've done with Christmas. And if you get into the gospel, get into the infancy narratives of the gospel, we find very little of that. As a matter of fact, many of those things that we've developed are, are even just stated very, very briefly. Like, for instance, we look at the manger scene, we hear that, that he, Jesus was born, wrapped in swaddly clothes, laying in a manger. That's it, <laughs> when we hear Luke's passage. Today, we heard proclaimed from Matthew's gospel. Again, one of the only two infancy narratives Unless, of course, we talk about John, which is very different, where he says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. There's no baby. There's no infancy. Um, so, so in Matthew's account, it's from the perspective of Joseph. And Joseph, of course, is what? He's afraid, it says in today's gospel. This is a very unusual and strange circumstance with his betrothed, his soon-to-be wife, somebody who's probably developing a sense of love and know he's going to probably be spending his future and his life with. And he's afraid of the strange mysteriousness of this pregnancy. And so he's going to dismiss her 
quietly until the angel comes. And, and, and notice, it drives towards this prophecy that was given that says, and this is going to be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name will be Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This God that is with us is so near, so close. As a matter of fact, maybe too near and too close. Because this God, we, we think, just think of the image, if you will, of a mother and an infant. Now, this is the time when I should probably invite a, a mother to come stand up in front of you and, and give this part of the homily, right? Because I don't know this. But, but a what is more intimate? What is more vulnerable? What is more real? What's more of a, a, of a you know, an ex the exchange, the self-giving love that is between a mother and a child held to the breast with real tears, with real needs, with, with, with bathrooms and runny nose and, 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 and the love exchange that happens between, you know, the, that self-giving between the two. What is more vulnerable and loving and real than that? And that's the image that we have for God and God's love for you and I. Sometimes that's so near and so close. That's not the image and the love of God that we'd like, <laughs> right? The image in God, uh, the love of God that sometimes we want is the God that fixes everything. The God that, 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 that uh, heals all of our brokenness and all of our wounds and all of our sinfulness. The God that comes in and, 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 and repairs or, or heals our physical health or our mental, our emotional health, the, the struggles that we have emotionally. The God that dissolves the tensions and violence that happen within our families, within our community, within our world. A God that brings a sense of justice to all of our systems. And yes, the love of God does help do those things. But that's the God that we want. <laughs> the, the God that's all-powerful. The God that fixes. But instead, we probably get the God that we most need. The God that is Emmanuel. God with us. The God that journeys with us, who becomes a part of the, the very depth of our human joys, struggles, gifts, needs. <laughs> it's Emmanuel, that God that helps you <laughs> get out of bed in the morning, right, to face the difficulties. The God that did not, not only became the infant in all of that realness and vulnerability, but then later, of course, as growing older, gave himself fully facing the injustices of the world and died and rose to new life. That's the love of God that we celebrate in the incarnation. There was a, a mathematician from the 16th century. He was, his name is Blaise Pascal. 
Blaise Pascal. Blaise Pascal was in the, the 1600s, and he was a mathematician. I first learned about him, actually, believe it or not, in geometry class. He was a scientist. He was an inventor. He actually is known to have invented the first mechanical calculator, not one where you slide the beans across a pole, right? But actually something that had gears where it could actually calculate. It was fascinating uh, for his father, who, who I think was a tax collector or something. And, and so um, he, he then later on in life developed and became a, a philosopher and theologian. But, but Blaise Pascal, who was very practical, obviously you know, a scientist, a mathematician as well, as a theologian, he is quoted as saying this. All the evil in the world can be traced back to our inability to sit in silence in a room. Isn't that bad? All the evil of the world can be traced back to our inability to sit in silence in a room. And what I believe Blaise Pascal was talking about when he talks about sitting in silence in a room, he's talking about how it's necessary for every human being and every Christian in order to be fully human and, and to be a disciple for sure, to be able to live somewhat of a contemplative life, a life of reflection to be able to sit in silence, not just in the silence of a, of a church or, or, or in a room of our house or our bedroom or something, but to be able to sit in the silence of the room of our souls, our hearts, our minds. And once again, you know, it's not the call for, to, like that's the you know, very minor percent of the population that's called to pull away and live in a monastery somewhere. No, that's not the call and the need for every human being. The need for every human being is to live in the context of everyday life. 99.999% of the population is called to be in a family, in a job, in work, in, in school, in, in whatever capacity we find ourselves, right? That's where we're called. And yet, each of us, as human beings and Christians, is somehow called to be reflective. Because when we can sit in silence in a room, in our hearts and in our souls, we get in touch with these emotions that are going through our beings, right? Uh, the, the gifts that God has given us, the, the sinfulness and the brokenness that each of us have. And I want to say, when we're able to sit in silence, that we hear and experience sooner or later the depth of God's love for us. Every single one of us. A depth of God's love that doesn't necessarily fix it all, but a sense of God's love that is God with us, Emmanuel, journeying, accompanying, and then helping us to share that love in journeying and accompaniment with one another as family and friends and community. This Christmas season, I just encourage you, find some time in the next week, just try to sit in the silence 
of your own mind, your own heart, your own soul, your own room, and see if you can't hear the whispers of the trueness, the reality, the vulnerability of God's love. The God's love that is in that image that we celebrate in Christmas of the closeness and the nearness and the self-giving exchange of love that is a mother holding a child to the breast. Because you and I, as God's people, as a people now called Mary, Queen of Peace, are called to experience more fully that love of God that is with us and accompanies us and do that more fully with one another. And the more we can enter into that experience of God's love for me, for you, and for all the world, evil dissipates. Do you feel that silence? We together profess our faith, and as we do so, I'm going to ask you three questions. The response to those questions is, I do. Do you believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, died, buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? This is our faith that we are proud to profess through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. With trust in the God who is with us, we bring these needs and prayers of petition. Our response is, Christ our joy, hear our prayer. That the joy and peace of Christ be felt through all the world, we pray. Christ, Christ our, our joy, hear our, our prayer. prayer. For the continued healing of all individuals and communities in the Midwest and South who are suffering after recent tornadoes, especially in Kentucky, we pray. Christ, Christ our, our joy, hear our, our prayer. prayer. That the church may be an instrument of reconciliation and peace we pray, Christ, Christ our, our joy, joy, hear our, our prayer. prayer. 
for all those on our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers. We pray, Christ yes, our, our joy, joy. hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. We go forth for the safety of all children and vulnerable people, especially refugees and those experiencing homelessness, we pray. Christ, Christ our, our joy, joy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially Eva Marie Lally, Robert Raymond, and Joseph Gallio. May they be welcomed into God's kingdom, we pray. Christ, Christ our, our joy, joy, hear our, our prayer. prayer. And we remember today all the parishioners of Mary, Queen of Peace, and all the intentions present on the altar along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray, Christ, Christ our, our joy, joy hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. And together we pray the prayer of unity on page four in the bulletin. We raise our voices to Mary, Queen of Peace, our mother, and to her most glorious son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Grant us greater commitment and sincerity as we continue this journey of unity. Please grant our parish family a resurgence of faith, a spirit of love, and a hope for peace. May we be blessed with a vibrant, inclusive community, united in the spirit and living our covenant. Amen. Our song for the presentation of the gifts is number 430, Angels We Have Heard on High.
pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. And you will accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all God's holy church. Accept, O Lord, this oblation on this solemn day when you manifest the reconciliation that makes us wholly pleasing in your sight and began for us the fullness of divine worship through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty, salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ. Through him, you've entered in a holy exchange that restores our life, shown forth today in splendor. When our human frailty is assumed by your word, not only does our human mortality receive unending honor, but by this wondrous union, we too are made eternal. And so, in the company of the choirs of angels, we praise you as with joy we acclaim. are indeed holy Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending down your spirit on them like the dewfall, that they may become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread. He said the blessing. He broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again giving thanks, again giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, 
the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, we celebrate the memory of his death and resurrection, and we offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to stand in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly, we pray that partaking in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church, which is spread throughout the world. Bring us to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, with David, our bishop, all clergy and all who serve and lead your people. Remember also our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, that we too may be co-heirs to eternal life, to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Please rise as you're able. And we are going to sing the Our Father. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to sing. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, from all evil. Evil, graciously grant peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy, we may be freed from sin, protected from all anxiety, as we wait in joyful hope the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord, you said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sin, but on the faith of your church. Grant us peace peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you. Let us share with one another some sign of Christ's peace and presence among us. For the distribution of communion, those here in person, you can come up by two lines up the center aisles and return by way of the side aisles. There'll be four communion stations, two up front and two in the middle. Behold Emmanuel, God with us. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world Blessed who are we who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you again. Amen.
Our song for communion is number 446, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Gathering our prayers together, let us pray. 
Grant, O merciful God, that just as the Savior of the world is born today and is the author of divine generation for us, so may he be given, so may he, oh my goodness gracious, so may we be given immortality, for he lives and reigns forever and ever. Who created those prayers? On behalf of the entire parish community, thank you for joining us here, whether that's in person, whether that was virtually. Thank you for your connection with us, with the Lord in this celebration. Uh, visitors, um, those returning home, of course, you're always welcome back. We do try to make this an inclusive home as best we can. Um, blessed Christmas to you and all of your loved ones. Lastly, Merry Christmas in sign language. Many of you know this, but we're going to, if you don't, you're going to learn it, right? Merry Christmas. And it is palms open, hands open, facing your, your chest, and you're brushing your hands up across the top of your, your chest area or your shoulder area, right? He's doing it much better. Follow Scott, not me, right? So, so it's, it, you know, he's got this spring. I love that. So, right? <laughs> so so it's, it's, this is happy or joyful or merry, right? Now, remember, sign language is not just your hands. It's also your face, right? So you can't go. You have to show it a little bit, little spring, little, little expression on your face, right? Happy, joyous. And then Christmas is the letter C, the letter C, and you're actually just kind of like tracing the, the top of a wreath, like a Christmas wreath, right? So it's from far to close, from far to close. Ready? Mary, ready? Mary, are you happy? Christmas? Okay, say it with me, ready? Merry Christmas. And now once without the words, ready? It's <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon all of us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our closing song is number 437, Joy to the World. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4. <clears throat>
Oh, oh, oh.